0: listenership that's a big deal so it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast all you have to do is download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today
1: she had to go wash some uniform some shit and she still had her uniform the guerrilla not knowing how to swim she said fuck this jumps in wakes up washed up on shore with the guerrilla uniform Guess to what town, bro? Guess who was in charge of that town? Who? The military. That's crazy. <laughs> so, bro, imagine they see the enemy, bro. Where it's on site, it's death. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another
0: episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Cheers, brother. Hey, cheers. We Thank got you for having me, man. A very uh, special guest today. We got Sergio. Actually, how do you say your fucking last name? I
1: already expected this. Too. <laughs> Um so it's Betancourt Betancourt Betancur. Okay. Um but in high school and everywhere else in the US it's Betancur. Betancourt
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like how the fuck do you say his last name yeah, so?
1: Betancur. Serge is actually my barber
0: and the, the the funny thing is is like I had a barber before and uh this fuck <laughs> this fuck well just started like ghosting me for a fucking second. And I think I know what happened too. Like what? he he fucked up my hair once, right? and i'm like whatever you know people all make mistakes and i was just like ah, oh, whatever it's just kind of fucked up whatever and i kind of left and then he just kind of started like being a little weird about it and shit i'm like bro you you fucked up like w- what did he do he uh the shit was hella and he actually cut into too deep on one side and so i'm like oh shit and i'm not really tripping like whatever hair grows back it yeah, doesn't really yeah. matter but i did mention to him i'm like hey, bro, you, you fucking cut hella deep right here guy and I wonder I, what happened. I don't know. Maybe he took it personally or whatever. But
1: yeah, he Oh, up. oh, because you actually mentioned it. Towards yeah. Ah, uh, dude. Some hey, some barbers will will get salty, man. It's yeah. Crazy.
0: And like his his issue too was that he would always take super long on his on, on my cuts because he was so busy just fucking you know chatting it up with everybody else, and it would be like a two hour cut.
1: And I'm like, bro, I got, I got places I got, to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, bro. I've seen I've seen people, bro, being in the barber game now for like eight years or so and like actually having like a few years in a shop i see people going to the back like to eat a sandwich people mm-hmm. taking smoke breaks bro and i'm just like yo because <laughs> i have to be at <laughs> dinner with their mom yeah that likes a date to be to or something you know so yeah that's a big one bro that's a big one well it was interesting because like i actually i actually met
0: sergio through somebody who was a fan who actually took over my lease for my apartment home uh, <laughs> it's maverick, doing, doing a maverick bro maverick right and the Maverick was the one that actually mentioned you. He goes, "Yo, my homie cuts hair. Give him a chance." I'm That's like, so sick. Yeah. What What the fuck do I have to lose, right? Dude, that
1: guy he he came through for me. He's the first haircut I did for him was at the dorms, like in the dorm bathroom of Cal Poly. Oh wow! I had seen his hair at a at a party, and I was like, "Yo, this guy's hair is fresh." Turns out he was getting haircuts from this 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 crazy barber in LA called Julius Caesar. And what's even trippier is he was going to where I'm cutting now. Oh. <laughs> It's Vince the barber, the guy who cuts Tim. Yeah. His studio, Gray Matter. I think it was, yeah, it was Gray Matter was in that studio space. And I had mentioned like, yo, your hair is fresh. Let me cut it up. Ends up switching to me, linking to you. I move into that same spot. Tim walks in and he's like… I've been here before. It's yeah, that was the same place, bro. Oh, that's fucking crazy. It's crazy, but Maverick, hey, that's my boy. He he came through with that. Well, it's interesting too because you said you started cutting hair uh, through YouTube, right, dude? Which is so fucking crazy, man. Like whenever
0: I hear somebody who gets skills through through YouTube, it blows my mind because when I was younger, everything was through trade, right? So if you yeah. had, if you were learning to cut hair, and I mean obviously you would go to barber school, but before that, there weren't any videos online for us to learn how to do fades or
1: nothing. So when I started, it was almost the same way, but it was potato quality YouTube videos. Oh, All really? right, <laughs> it, like, it was this guy taking yeah, yeah. his Randy using the machine that I didn't want to use. So I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, bro. People think I'm like I took hella classes and shit, dude. I watched six months of YouTube videos and just winged it, and I just winged, <laughs> and I've been winging it since, bro. And it's been like it's been a blessing, especially like recent. Recently, I don't know if you saw, I was at a friend's birthday party, mm-hmm. pool party. That was the guy who let me chop his hair, destroy his hair, six months, senior year. Really? Fucking homie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would be using his dad's clippers. And I'd be like doing the zero line, watching the video, opening the guard, going up. Same thing. Turns out the lever was, was not um, sturdy. Uh-huh. So it would close back up. So I'd go Zero. Open up to do a half. Back to zero. Oh zero. my God. Shit like that. And I would just be watching this one dude caking his Randy. So shout out to that guy. Potato quality videos. <laughs> so, but now the game's changed in YouTube. Like you were saying, bro, it's, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Like so many people too, like growing up, you know, when you used to get your haircut, like getting your haircut or just like faded up was, was everything, right? Yeah. Like it would set your mood for the fucking week. If your fucking haircut was fucked up, it would ruin your whole week. <laughs> And, like, it's like, a permanent shirt, all the homies would try to learn how to cut their hair by themselves, right? I would try to do it myself, but then my, I was like, fuck it. I'll just get my mom to cut my hair. Yeah, because yeah. like, I don't give a fuck. But then I was so ticklish. My mom used to slap me upside my head because I would move so yeah, much. Yeah. So every time I hated getting a haircut, I was traumatized. I was like, I don't like fucking haircuts because every time I, I would move, my mom would fucking slap Smack me. Smack the shit. <laughs> she would slap the shit out of me. <laughs> I used to get, like, $7 haircuts, too, after that. Same. Because it was so cheap but then $7 haircuts are $7 haircuts. Bro,
1: my my pops would take me to the $7 bar lady. She would give me a 1 on top or on the mid, on the sides and a 3 on top, no fade. Bro, I hated haircuts. I used to I don't know what I showed you. I used to have a little like afro. Yeah. And I when I got into the barber game was literally what I was cutting other people. I didn't know, bro. So I discovered it still having ugly hair. That's why I like barely ever have like nice haircuts, bro. And people are like. I used to do straight up like a one. And then I do like a three on top. And I just leave Yes, it. <laughs> bro. And it's just. It was the worst. I hated it, bro. It was so, and dude, they're making money, bro. One in three? Yeah. A few minutes? Boom. Seven
0: bucks. We'd be in and out like 20 minutes. Just quick, bro. Quick. And so they would just do it like through repetition. So like for them, they they could get us out in 20 minutes each, sometimes even faster. Faster sometimes. (laughs) No fade. Exactly. And I remember like, I was like, (laughs) fuck it. Let me just go back to get it. Like fades again. And it's hard to go back. And a lot of people don't understand like salon cuts versus barber cuts are two different things, right? And I always tell like young men, um, like some of the basic stuff, right? Especially when it comes to like looking good, dressing nice or whatever. There's a couple of basics. It's like have some good jeans, have a decent pair of shoes and always get a nice haircut. Yeah. That's it. Some dudes can just rock the most basic clothing, but as long as their fade is super nice and their, and sh- their shoes fixed, are clean, that's all you that's need. It. That's right? That's and a lot right. of people do. They, they come out a little scrubby and they don't understand. It's because your fucking haircut's wet. Too. Right, and so what? What I always say, like barbers always do, they do God's work.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Because you appreciate that. <laughs> like, it, it makes you a different man. When pandemic happened, we saw the the world crumble, bro. <laughs> yeah, everybody missed their barbers. Oh. We we were fucking desolate. We're like, we need somebody
1: to touch up. Everybody started trying to cut their hair again. I loved it. I love <laughs> bro, bro. It changed the game for us. Yeah. Because even though we're supposed to be recession proof, and that was out the door, fucking, I was like, oh yeah, I'll never yeah. lose work. Pandemic happens, that shitty, but the appreciation, dude. People were like hitting me up, like, "Bro, I love you,
0: dude." You saw what I look like. I look like a Japanese lesbian, bro.
1: bro like- <laughs> oh my god, <gosh>, that's right. <laughs> bro, where, where I did the the side of your hair, and you had a mullet, yeah. <laughs> My hair was crazy, dude. (laughs) I had fucking the Japanese pussy hair on the side. (laughs) Bro, I left. Yes, you had the
0: little curl. Yeah, I was like, yo, somebody fucking. Somebody give me a haircut,
1: dude. That shit was so funny. Dude, I was. My sister was so. I mean, it was scary, you know. First coat. Like, we thought everyone was going to die. Yeah. We were using gloves at the gas station. All that shit. Which we probably should do still. Because fucking gas station pump. But, like. Dude, my sister was like, "No haircuts, out of respect." It. it it is what it is. Like my client suffered for three solid months before I did a haircut. Dude,
0: it was a long ass three. time. Hey, I didn't have a haircut the, forever.
1: The barbers in the garage were charging a hundred dollars though.
0: Damn. So they uppriced that shit because they get, they're risking their lives. Because they're risking
1: their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're down, bro. I don't know. That's crazy. I would. Hey, I might have done it had it not been for me like respecting my sister because I was living with her at the time you I know? would
0: have taken the chance I have been like I need a fucking haircut dude. Yo.
1: I was like trying to I was gonna hit
0: you up it's like hey bro I know it's COVID and shit I'll double wear this mask I'm fine just somebody give me a haircut oh my
1: god you saw a hazmat suit yeah I don't
0: give a <laughs> fuck I'll wear everything down and I'll just make sure sh- I'll just fucking leave my hair out bro, and then you, you would just, just fade it up with a little
1: plastic taped yeah. everywhere <laughs>
0: It, but Damn, it was weird man. though because even Mariel didn't want me to get a haircut or whatever mm. and it, it's funny how like these things that are you know it's our luxury to get a haircut becomes a huge part of our identity and uh, necessity because we don't realize like how much we de- are like really because I I really don't give a fuck about what I look like but I do give a fuck
1: about my haircut and yo yeah. and it's like and it's not even like for other some people don't even give a fuck about other people looking at them it's just the feeling of like having like weightlessness Yes. Bro, the weightlessness feeling. The feeling of the pillow. Oh, yes. Oh, bro. cold pillow after a fade, man. Dog, I just Dumber don't look knife. good
0: with long hair, bro. Like, I just I, don't look that, good dude, with it.
1: Honestly, that's like my all my Asian homie stories. Yeah. It's it's because of how straight it grows. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. Like, unless
0: I'm gonna like be a sumo, like it's not gonna happen, <laughs> dude. Like, I can't fucking do it, man.
1: But I won't let you get to sumo, bro. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna that <laughs>
0: Hey, but interestingly enough, like, you know, Sergio has a very interesting story specifically with his family. So this fool was cutting up my hair and this fool just starts going into this story about how his family came here to this country. Like it's like a most like a casual common story. And I'm sitting here thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, and I always talk about, you know, especially because. Um, I have a podcast where we kind of go over where we talk about what's happening out in Afghanistan. And I think people in this country, they don't realize how fortunate they are to live here. Bro. Right? And
1: Absolutely. No
0: matter how many times – like even my person – I'm from South Korea, right? So I'm not from like Vietnam or Laos like coming from these like secret wars or anything else like that. But the immigrant story is something that's very important for people to hear because a lot of people, they say they understand why they're so appreciative of of, of, of this country. They'll, they'll wear they wave the American flag. They say, I love this country. But in terms of their behavior and how they portray it, I don't think they really understand how great this country is to live, right? It's so nuts, when we have this idea of like our freedoms being taken away, people kind of just – they don't understand like what it really means. That's why I always say like immigrants are the ones that really do love this country the most Fox. because of where we came from and what we had to go through. We, we know –
1: how ruthless you want to tilt the mic down a little bit yeah we we know how ruthless the the world could be outside yeah. of like this like palace walls or some shit bro like even though we do have our own problems in, in this country you could do anything you want you, yeah you could do anything you want if you really like set yourself to it and that's something that other countries don't have whether it be like uh, a government like coming through, and like, like, like my Armenian homies told me, like, oh, their government's gonna come and tax you on your business. That's why they wanna open businesses here. Mm-hmm. Or like in Colombia, like, like, like the story I was telling you, La Guerrilla, for the farmers, they're supposed to be for the farmers, bro. They go in and they take your shit. They're extorting. Extortion doesn't really happen here as much. Mm-hmm. And that's like something we don't get. Like, it goes deep, it goes deep. Deep, like bro. extortion here is on the down low right mm-hmm. over there it's right in, in it's front of right in front of and you gotta like, escape
0: it what are you going to fucking do about it. it right it's yeah. like, there's there's mafia drug lord shit and then there's the government right
1: and <laughs> then like, and then no, no no wait and there's la guerrilla bro which is gl- i'm i'm gonna explain to you like with my grandma Dude, you always, yeah, yeah just start telling All the right. story
0: man just because i heard so. a little snip of it, of it and, and i i thought i was watching a fucking movie
1: man. okay so it's 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 a rough story for my family just because it's sad. Mm. But I really want to share it because I think it's so important to keep it alive. Because my grandma was a G like a triple OG, bro. Yeah. My grandma, uh Melba Rios, she was like born I think she was born in uh in the 30s 30, in 37, right? So she was born in uh Manizales, which is Caldas, which is part of a El Eje Cafetero. So it's like where all the coffee comes from. Like, if you ever go to Colombia, you have to go to El Eje Cafetero. Mm-hmm. That, they have an amusement park of coffee. Oh, shit. It's like a big deal. Colombians are known for coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a thing. So, she was born into like a farmer. Uh, into a farmer's uh, family. And my great-grandfather, he, he, he was like a colonizer. Like, they will go and they like go to a part of the jungle, tear it all down, set up a farm. That's how they did it back then. So he goes, sets up his farm, has my grandma. Um, she's the second oldest. The she the first two were girls. Um, it was like a family of nine or something. Mm. They would always be patrolled by a thing called La Guerrilla. Specifically, it was, it was Las FARC, which stands for Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarias de Colombia. Which is funny because, bro, they took Fuerzas Armadas Colombianas, which is like they say, FOC. <laughs> so they take FOC, which is like the, the, of the, the military, fuck. which is the military, <laughs> yeah. which is like government conservatives, yeah, whatever. There's conservatives and liberals in um in Colombia. Those are the parties. You're either conservative, or liberal, and then there's Las FOC, which is super left, mm-hmm. and they are supposed to be for the people, for the farmland, blah blah blah. This is that bullshit, bro. It's like it. They they ended up. Maybe they started like a lot of things start that way. But you know how it goes with money, power, whatever. Yeah. They ended up in narcotráfico. They ended up like drug dealing, extorting, doing some heinous shit, bro. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp, my friends.
0: You guys know I've been talking about BetterHelp for quite a while and it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Mental health is super important and we've all been cooped up tense and honestly, we know the importance of our mental health. So stop pushing your emotions aside and get to it, baby. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own Licensed professional therapist. No, this is not a gimmick. This isn't some random person. You don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and you can message your counselor at any time while setting up weekly video Phone sessions. It's super convenient and more importantly, allows you to be safe and comfortable in your own environment. I know that helps me out a lot because your boy deals with a lot of social anxiety, and I don't want to deal with people all the time. So if I could do it on my own time over the phone, it makes it so much easier and better for me. So this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Genius Brain. Listeners get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com/slash Genius. So visit BetterHelp.com/slash Genius. Get that ten percent off and work
1: on that mental health, my friends. So, they would just walk freely through the farmer's lands, right? So, my my grandma, she would just be chilling, whatever. And in comes La Guerrilla to, his, to her dad. Like, kill that fucking cow and feed all of us. Tell your bitches to feed all of us, bro. So, get all these kids to start cooking. We want a fresh meal. So, they'd have to lose a cow. I don't know how much cows are. Yeah. Fucking like, whatever. And they'd have to do as told. Because they'll kill you. Simple as that. So, First, that was the first few encounters. And they was, you walk, like you said, you walk freely, whatever. So this, I, I didn't tell you this, this is so fucked up, bro. I finally found out. My, grand, my great-grandfather had a like basically adopted a kid. <laughs> and they would call him Perro Loco. <laughs> Crazy dog. Yeah. So Perro Loco was like a worker and he became part of the family. But because La Guerrilla was around, how it happened so much, bro. It was just like a little brainwashing here, a little brainwashing there. He kind of straight off the wrong path. He comes back. And my and my great-grandfather at the time, as a farmer, you don't say what you believe in. You don't say what politics side, what political side or whatever. Even though like my family, like them, I'm pretty sure they're more liberal leaning. This guy would not say anything. And so the, the, the guerrilla goes... Yo perro loco. Are you a conservative? Are you are you siding with I forgot the word, but they'd call him like some like like taunt. Mm. And for initiation to show him how real he was. He's like, "Yeah, you, the, the, that guy doesn't want to say like what party he's at? Let's go there." And he's like, "All right, let's go to my great-grandfather." So my grandma, I think at this moment my 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 grandma's older sister, the, the, sec, the actual head of the family, was married at 13. Moved oh, right my down. God. Okay. <laughs> How it goes. Hey, it's like yeah. the 30s, you know. So married at 13, off with another family. So my grandma was like, the head is like, what the fuck? Sees her dad get taken away. She like climbs to go see, bro. perro loco. Kneeled my great-grandfather down, shot him in the head. Execution style. What the Fuck. fuck. As like an initiation to prove his loyalty to Las Farc. They come back, burn down the farm. So my grandma and or my great grandma, now a widow, takes all the kids that's fucking go. Goes, does it all over again? Guerrilla comes through. My grandma, now 10 years old. Bro, and and mind you, has minimal education. So another thing I didn't tell you. At the time. Women didn't get expected to be like put through school or whatever. My great-grandmother wanted them to be a little educated. So her and her older sister would trade off days that they could go to school behind my great-grandfather's back. They would hide a uniform under their bed, like lay it like super flat, whatever, every day. Come back, making time to go bring out the dinner that they, my great-grandfather thought they were cooking. So she got about two years of education in. Wow. Ten years old. Guerrilla comes to the new settlement. It's like, all right, you're 10, let's go. And no one could do shit because they'll kill anyone who says otherwise. Now my great my grandmother, poor, poor girl, like she's a little girl, bro, 10 years old. Like, I was fucking play- We were all playing, you know? Like, yeah. Instead, gets taken off to a guerrilla, jungle, straight jungle, bro. Gets taught for a year on guerrilla warfare, this, that, blah, blah, blah. God damn, Dude, bro. As a 10-year-old little girl, bro. Anyone, anyone that's like of age, it's like it's like what goes on in like Uganda and shit, you know. Yeah, same shit, bro. So then my poor grandmother like gets sent off to to go off and wash something, and a uh, Sumapaz was the el rio, was was a river. Okay. My grandma would say that she couldn't see the other side of this river, and she had to go wash some uniform, some shit, and she still had her uniform, the guerrilla. Not knowing how to swim, she said, fuck this. Jumps in. Wakes up. Washed up on shore. With the guerrilla uniform. Guess to what town, bro? Guess who was in charge of that town? Who? The military. That's crazy. (laughs) So, bro. Imagine they see the enemy, bro. Where it's on site. It's death. You're getting executed. The girls in the guerrilla are getting like raped, then killed. Vice versa. They're both boy... They're literally boys clubs where they don't get to see any women. So women, bro, get fucked with even more. Yeah, She gets washed up and f- thank fucking God, whatever, bro. She gets found by this lady named uh, Senora Virginia. And she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck takes her? She was just washed up on shore. Takes her, hides her under a bed. And it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? I have the enemy under the bed yeah not knowing my grandma thank dude it's so it's so clutch like she could have got killed instantly whatever killed raped something bro, everything all of the above gets put when she's not under the bed she gets put in a wooden trunk she's a wooden trunk bro what the and fuck she, and and senora virginia is like what do i do what do i do what do i do days go by days go by she like drops out of maybe some bread she's just chilling in her like uniform probably like you know, like, it's not sanitary. She's been in there how many days? And, bro, she was so tiny. Because my grandma, at the height, at the peak of her adulthood, she was four, like, ten or four nine. Yeah. So she was even a smaller little girl. In this tiny wooden trunk, the, the military would come by and stab at shit. And she would see. Just because they knew, dude, no hiding the enemy. It was like a war, bro. It's still a war. Still deep, bro. No one knows about Las Farc. Mm-hmm. They all hear about like the narcos, whatever. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand now, but dude, it's deep. So the military's stabbing at things. My grandma didn't get fucking stabbed, thankfully. Whatever. And then the whole time, La Señora Virginia is like, How am I gonna bless this like ba- this little baby girl? Like, she doesn't deserve this. She knows that like, she got recruited. She doesn't want her dead. So she like starts kind of like mingling with like a general, and she's like, we need to save this little girl. She admits it, which is like a death sentence, bro. Yeah. But the general, for whatever fucking reasons, like, yeah, I I agree. And goes, formulates a plan, put her in this potato sack. We're gonna go to a military base. She has to stay completely still. So they get her in a potato sack, pretend like she's a bag of potatoes, puts it on the military plane, in the military helicopter, flies her over. To Bogota, which is the capital, but like the rural parts, bro. Brings the helicopter down. Just throws the sack. Dips. My grandma's alive. She goes and she said that she was fucking starving for like ever just walking. And that endlessly. was like the
0: only option. That was it's like, the only option. It's like, it's like the best thing that we like could do. That's like the
1: best thing. Yes. And that's so shitty, bro. That's, it fucking it hurts, bro. It's like sad, you know. But like nonetheless, she goes, walks walks aimlessly ends up at a fucking house and it's like i think it was like i don't know what i think i think it was like pre i i don't remember if it was like a priest house or it was like some house where they're like she's like yeah i'm hungry oh bet put on this apron start cleaning start cooking we'll give you food they would give her the scraps with the dogs and be like sleep there too so she would have to sleep and eat with dogs bro as a fucking like eleven year old girl or ten year old girl god old, damn bro she said that she would love these dogs because they would just keep her warm like the werewolves would take in the boy, you know like that story or whatever the wolves' taking the boy that's her shit, bro she would literally sleep with dogs to stay warm, and these dogs would probably be like whatever like shepherd dogs whatever, so they're probably bigger than her, so it was like i it's crazy yeah. they like kept her going, she would eat so. Scraps, bro, with their hands and shit, Lit- literal, just a child. But eventually, she would just be like living there, doing that for a while, and then out in um, La Plaza, I don't know some Plaza in 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 Bogota, she was able. Uh, she was able to like meet some some friends, some girls when she was older. I think it went on for. Some, I don't I don't know like timelines, but it went on for like a bit. But she was already older at this point, and she met these girls that were like, "Yo, we could get you work." In his construction business, and so she had to go, and she would clean the outside. And and my 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 family they, they don't speak English much, so they would tell me the word is granito, which I think w- when I looked it up, like it's 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 like it's some sort of material that they would put on the outside of buildings that had like little like shards of glass and like okay. other shit, and they would have to like scrub it down or some shit. Um, that now we would just use power tools for, but dude. Apparently, her hands would just be leaking blood day in, day out, just grinding, fucking trying to survive, whatever. And the the owner of the construction company, like, took a liking to her. So, she's like, okay, I'm going to move you in towards just final cleaning of the properties before we turn them over to the owner or whatever. So, she was like, oh, fuck yeah, like, finally. So, she would just, like, clean up after all the construction was done. And this owner ended up becoming my grandfather so <laughs> wow bro 20 years older bro like that's some like old like, yeah 50s 60s shit but this man 20 years older born in like 1917 um six foot like seven or some crazy shit with <laughs> my little grandma, she anyway he with like
0: four foot ten woman <laughs> bro
1: it's weird yeah <laughs> anyway dude she gets pregnant right worst part is bro my grandma didn't have sex ed. Didn't have none of that that we had, you know? Yeah. She didn't even know she could get pregnant, bro. Apparently. Oh she's my like, God. Because dude, think about it. She's a little girl in her head. She left. She got two years of education. Literally like oh, learned how yeah. to add, subtract, barely read and write. And that was it. That's all the education she had. So she did. She was technically mentally is like kind Still of a kid, a yeah, a little younger. So she's like, holy shit. I haven't fucking had a kid. That goes on, bro, she, she didn't even know that that women lactate, bro. They didn't know. So that shit, like, caused some problems with her chest. She had to go into surgeries, bro. Shit like that. She's like, what the fuck is going on? But finally, when she's about to finish, gets pregnant again. That's my mom. So my first, the first older sister was, like, a year older than my mom. She was um, she passed away before I was born. She was um, from like some liver problems, whatever. So the next one up is my mom. So now she has two little girls, bro. She's like, what the fuck? Like I can't work. There's no and like he would he would be like there to give maybe. I think I think he would give her like maybe like grocery money, mm-hmm. but she discovered like how I like you know how I came up on art, mm-hmm. bro. She discovered fucking knitting and sewing and just out t- self-taught blew up in sewing and knitting. And she started sewing for all the prostitutes. <laughs> what the fuck? All this I just found out too, bro. I'm on the same boat. What the hey,
0: fuck was you- she sewing then, yeah, bro? bro. <laughs> hey, I don't fucking
1: know. You already know what it is. Because they would have leftover fabric. So probably some skippy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the leftover fabric, it was custom to be like, do you want your leftover fabric? They were balling apparently, bro. So they're like, you have little girls. That's how she would make my par- my my aunt's clothing, bro. With leftover fabrics from the prostitute she would sew for. And she was making some bread, bro, because they had money. Yeah. Like, so my grandfather, I think he thought that she was like getting money from other people. But she was just hustling, bro. Yeah. She's a gangster, bro. But he would just give her enough to pay for like food. Yeah. So she's like kind of bitter, whatever, but still going along. Um, and, and, dude, she just like self-taught. Learned how to like make like with like some like clay sculptures, bro. And she would make her – what she was known for was mini miniature roses. Any flower you could think of, little angels. She would make anything – with, have you seen the sculpture at my place? Yeah, the big werewolf bust. makes sense, bro. She's self-taught sculptor, self-taught painter, starts painting on clothing. That's what she would do, bro. Because she needed to be at home to write because she was so determined to help my my um my aunts be one step above her, like 10 steps above her. Like yeah. you know. So, and my and my and my grandpa, like you would. I could truly say he wasn't the greatest man, mm-hmm. because dude, he would—he had money, bro. He was a business owner. He was successful, and he would be like embarrassed of that side. I'm pretty sure he was talking to other people. Like that's a fact. He had other family. A lot of like, uh, a lot family. of older guys did that back in the day. Mm-hmm. So he had another family. This was like the the accident where I don't know, but he, when he would come back. Um, he would like apparently like be at like the dinner table with my mom and my aunt and they'd be eating with their hands and he'd be on the table being like, you're like an animal. Oh, wow. Bro, but what does my grandma know? She doesn't know fucking better. Yeah. So like she was just so determined to like beat the stereotype that like they, that he already like you're stupid. You're this. You're that. Like you're uneducated, blah, blah, blah. Like fuck that. She was a genius, bro. Because with first and second grade, like, education or whatever, my mom swears that she would help them with their homework until they were, like, sixth, seventh graders, bro. Wow. <laughs> like, how the fuck she you yeah. to learn that shit? Like, you know, yeah. I was gonna fucking read the text. But like, fuck, I can barely read. But That's I'm insane. Do it. She's a gangster, bro. Like, when I say it, like, she's a genius. Imagine if she was formally educated. Imagine. She, who knows? But all I know is that I respect her so deeply for this, bro. She would... She would do anything for them. She would, bro, she put them in a private Catholic school being broke by doing cutting corners like, oh, you need a uniform? Bring, bring, bring your friend's uniform. Look at it. Sew up their own uniform to look exactly like shit like that, bro. She put them through a private school. And grandpa would never help. And my grandpa would never help. He would come back and my, my grandma would be like this is kind of towards the end of like their relationship um my my mom told me that my grandpa would come home and he'd have pantyhose inside of his bag and he'd have like all his dirty clothes so my grandma would always do that shit and then one day he calling her like an educator calling her like uh, um belittling her is the word um she said fuck it and she like pulled out the pantyhose, put it on top, didn't do shit for him. And she went to the mirror doing her hair, whatever. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yo, don't make me hit you because one of my flicks will knock you out for three days. And my grandma, just doing her like hair in the mirror goes, man, if you knock me out for three days, you better hope it actually kills me. Because I'll fucking kill you. Oh, <laughs> oh shit dude and dude this guy got up to hit her and he's like got up to hit her my grandma grabs a bottle bro and she's like i'll kill you wow homeboy dipped <laughs> wow bro bro like she's de- i told you about she would def- she would be sleeping in that house in 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 la dorada mm-hmm with a revolver under her pillow, just kicking. I told you about That's that shit. Fucking crazy. <laughs> because people try break in. Yeah, bro. One time they try break in, all she had to do is clock, cock that shit. Done. They're not gonna fuck. Them. Why are they gonna get shot? You know, go break into the next house, bro. She was such a G, dude. That's
0: crazy, dude. Bro,
1: I like. Yeah, I'm so amaz- I'm so amazed by her, man, Melba. Me, me, my abuelita Melbita, I would call her. And she would call me her terron de azúcar, like my little bag of sugar. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's, what's rough though is, um, all right, I'll, I'll continue. So after that, um, <laughs> apparently, I don't know how, how factual this is. A doctor, she had m- migraines. The doctor's like, yo, you have to have another kid to get rid of this, <laughs> which is so weird, bro. Some, so, some, some old, old witchcraft some type of shit. shit. Like, so she goes and she's like, I'm not going to have a kid with another man. She's like, hey, come back. gets pregnant. Peace out. <laughs> like, yo,
0: Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so, then, so fucking funny. It's so funny. funny, dude. It's
1: so funny. And she's like, I don't fucking need you, by the way. But like, I just want these migraines gone. And that's my aunt, Bakiko, um, which is the artist. She's pff, so talented, bro. So she's so lit, man. She's such a good person. But Bakiko apparently this guy, she's like, hey, you have to come with me because you have to prove that this is your daughter. So I can be your same last name. And if you don't, I'm gonna switch all their last names because I'm not having three girls with different last names. So this guy came and he found out the gender because he looked at the name. He didn't even give a fuck, bro. So kind of a scumbag. Pretty scummy. But anyway, um, he that was the end of that. My grandma raised them. Um at some point, like my my aunt, um, my first aunt passes away from that liver thing, whatever. Um, this point, like my mom's of age, she's going to school, meets my father, whatever. They they're in their master's program. because they're both, they both have masters, bro. They're really my, my parents are educated. Like I, I'm very proud of them. Anyway, during that time, get pregnant with my sister, then they have me. During that whole time, this guy has like a family with someone else, my grandfather, and he buys a uh a, a, a platano farm. So like um um plant plantain, plantain, plantain farm. Yeah. So, and on the Magdalena, buys this big farm. And, of course, come back. La Guerrilla. Oh, look at the farm. Goes God in. damn it. And they try to extort. So, they tell the head farmer, like, yo, make sure this guy pays us. He regulates the message. And my grandfather's, I ain't paying shit. So, then, La Guerrilla's like, what's his schedule? The farmer caves. Tells them when my, when my grandpa's going to be there. And the teacher that, like, was around the area or something heard. And she's like, oh, my God. They're going to come kill you tonight. You have to dip. And so he literally laid on a canoe in the Magdalena, which is another big river. And didn't get up while they were, like, all around him. And the canoe just drifted away, drifted away. And that's how he escaped the farm. And then the head farmer gets coerced to be like oh hit him up and be like hey i'll buy your farm blah 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 to then bring him back so they could murk him you know just yeah. kill him. and the teacher goes it's a setup blah 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 don't do it teacher gets hung and he like hears about like the teacher just being hung on his farm Get so this guy goes yes out bro, of you yes, bro like they're savage bro and they're still around they're still around in the jungles of Colombia. This the teacher was a woman or man? A woman. Poor She's, woman. I dude. know, bro. Imagine, and it's all because of the head farm. I don't know. So, I always, I kind of trip out about talking about this because like It's still around. So hopefully they don't watch genius break. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's documentaries yeah. about them all, okay, all yeah, over the place. True, true. Yeah. So fast forward to my my parents. Um, so this guy lost his farm. <laughs> Zero lost hella money. Probably yeah. Anyway, fast forward, my parents, they're doing their thing, successful in their country, whatever. Um, during this time, there's still chaos because the narcos came about um, in the 80s. And so they're like, ah, oh, this country's like whatever is whatever. And I think it was my dad got into like a, a fender bender. And my dad's like kind of fresh, bro. He's like, I'm not driving that car to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, let me borrow your car to my mom. Just take the day off. So my mom's like, "Okay, I'll take the day off." And she um she went walk. She's like, "Oh, my mom loves to be active." She's she's such <laughs> my mom is equally as crazy as my grandma. Okay. <laughs> my mom's a G. But yeah, she's like, "Oh, I'm going to take the baby. I'm going to walk however many miles, whatever, to the bank." Goes and she said that she was crossing this crazy intersection. It's like four cars this way, four cars this way. Um and she like crosses crosses a busy ass damn near a highway. And as she's about to step on the curb, she sees like the sketchy, the sketchy couple. And then she sees like a foot behind like a tree. And as she's about to step, she's like, I got it in baby. Like grab the baby. So she's like, fuck, I'm not, they're not taking my kid jumps backwards into moving traffic, bro says it causes like all this chaos sees a taxi gets in the front seat of like a current taxi ride get the fuck out get the fuck out she's like what is happening she's like we have to leave this country and she thinks that it was people trying to get something on my grandpa to sign over the deed or have make it official something like that and they're like yo we're done like we need a dip Later on, find out one of his other sons, one of my my half uncles or whatever it would be, got killed. <laughs> like as like a part of yeah, like that guy got killed. <laughs> so it was just like they wanted this man, bro, because no one Did says they ever no get to your grandpa. Him. No, he he died peacefully at like ninety something. Jesus, yeah. But um, it pushed us to like come to this country because that shit was not it, you know. And it's fucking my grandfather's fault, whatever. I mean. He was standing up for what he thought. So cool for him. But like, damn. Bro. Everybody else got killed. <laughs> yeah, because... pretty much. So that's how it goes, man. And so that prompted a move. And, and that's where my parents' resilience comes in. It's just like, yo, like you guys really left a whole country where you were successful. Yeah. To come over here to what? To sleep on a floor. Bro, and my mom unlocked memories that I fucking forgot. Like, she's like, yeah, you don't remember all of us just sleeping on the floor with like, using our clothing as blankets and shit. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that crazy though, yeah. how that happens? Like you,
0: you don't, you, you know, you grow up, you start getting new memories, new memories, new memories and all this other stuff too. And to us, it probably wasn't traumatizing because we were kids. Yeah. But you just forget about
1: all the stuff. You really do, man. But our like, parents are older. It's still fresh they in their were, head. Bro, it's, it's wounds. It's yeah. wounds, bro. It's open wounds. So I'm just like, and then like, them like damn near getting to like zero money and then finding my mom finding the roll of cash and the
0: That was the crazy part, man. That was so nuts. Cause you told me that your parents were wealthy back then, yes. right? Because of the education that they had. Bro.
1: And money just comes and goes real quick when it's converted to US, you know, like a peso to US, nothing. Yeah. Over there the monthly salary is still like two, three hundred dollars. That's fucking <laughs> That's crazy. That's fucked up, bro.
0: Yeah. So when, when how old were they when they came to the states?
1: Like in their 30s, 40s? Okay. Like 40. Holy shit. Mm. And then how old were you? I was like 3, 3 I think, I believe. Oh, so you're super young. I was a young baby, bro. What
0: area like what what, what city did you guys move into? Burbank. Oh, you guys were in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> My
1: mom's like I think I think they had a friend in Burbank. Okay. And so they moved into Burbank and stayed and and when they got there, the friends like, "Yeah, yeah, come." It's going to be $400 a month to sleep on that corner. It was like someone they knew. Bro, they were like fucking with us. Not really like helping us at all. Yeah. So they're like, fuck this dude. Let's go over here. They found like a, a little like studio, like a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where we would sleep on the floor and just like. And, but I mean, that whole like. It, it, I mean, it builds character. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, Anyway, that's where like they was like coming onto like what are we gonna do like our money's running out my mom goes I think she's just crying on the curb bro and finds a, a bankroll has <laughs> somebody has enough to pay for a rent or something and that same month they got work so the rest is kind of history you know that's so fucking that's nuts, a blessing dude. bro what's meant to be is meant to be though you know yeah, I mean,
0: it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, I hear this story, right? Like, I'm I'm literally picturing everything going on, you know, all the way from your your great-grandmother to your grandmother to your mom and then next to having you and then bringing you here, right? Like, I always say, too. That's why, like, like I, we hear the stories about Afghanistan, right? This is current right now. Current, bro. You know, and I think when people in this country, they complain about their lives, they don't understand how good they have it. Like, it's hard to explain to somebody who has has it. All oh, yeah. their entire
1: life, bro. These people are holding on to airplanes. <laughs> I know, thinking that they're going to live, <laughs> to, live to live. How do you like? How, is it could you even do that? Is it? I possible? don't think I think you'll die. You just die. You, I think, like, the wind 500 miles, 600 miles, you can't breathe. You'll die. You'll, you'll, die. Suff- die. you'll suffocate You'll to suffocate Suffocate, and then fall. And fall. But like, they'd rather risk it to do that than stay so, and deal with the talent. It's fucked up. It's fucking nuts. Have you seen man. the helicopter shit? now they figured out how to fly our helicopters oh my god they're hanging people from them
0: that's fucking crazy dude it's fucked up that's so nuts it's so fucked up. you know like it's it's like when I hear like everybody's immigrant story it's just pretty insane right because like i hear about you know your grandmother and how like resilient she was because I, I mean could you imagine like this 11 year old girl going to a river to wash clothes and then she's <laughs> out of nowhere know where she goes i can't live like this Fuck this. I'm going to... And by the way, those fucking rivers have creatures in them. Bro. (laughs) Bro. This isn't like the Sacramento fucking American River.
1: Spiders are like this big.
0: I know. It's the jungle. There's like crocodiles.
1: It's the jungle, bro. It's fucked up. And she somehow fucking survived. She's washed up. Bro, what's meant to be is meant to be. It's fucking crazy. That's insane. Crazy, bro. My grandma. And dude, how the fuck... Dude, one day I'm going to show you the, the... the fucking sculpture she would make of the thing. How? Dude, I swear that she's in me, bro. She's like living through me. Because like... that Her and my fucking grandpa on my dad's side. Did I tell you that shit? Mm-mm. I haven't told you that shit? No. Bro. <laughs> so, I pick up here. Cutting hair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just doing my shit. I don't know how I'm doing it. I re- Like I said, I watched six months of like blurry ass videos. And I'm hooking up the dorms dude <laughs> and I'm at dinner with my parents like I come back from school I'm like two years two years into cutting hair bro I'm like man a non some cocky shit though I'm like man how am I so good at cutting hair I'm like who the fuck cuts hair in our family and my dad's like dude my dad's so funny like he's the most calm person just I don't know Did didn't didn't your fucking dad cut hair? But in my (laughs) dad's defense, he like his his dad passed when he was like seven from some shit. Okay, Okay. bro, my grandpa went picked up scissors and a comb and cut the whole pueblo for money. That's crazy. So I'm like, whoa, like surging my grandfather (laughs) on one side, (laughs) yeah, and then COVID happens and start drawing. I'm like, whoa, searching my grandma's <laughs> artistic side. Bro, I'm like literally just out here like doubling like my fucking family heritage. How like, does that make you feel? Fucking amazing. It, obviously, it sucked when no one like believed it. Like, like yeah. it was a struggle with like going from like an educated, like a super educated family. because Both of my parents have masters in economics and shit and like mm-hmm. accounting or whatever. Business administration. To then being like, of a cut here. Like, yeah. dude, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. So it was shitty. But now, now I feel like… Like, it makes sense. Bro, it makes sense. Every choice I've made in my life so far, bro. It's, it's, it's what it is, you know? And, and it goes back to like, like, the brand that, I, that I'm that i going to start. Or like, like, my thing born from rain. Yeah. I equated, like, those those months of not being able to cut hair to a drought, discovering art as the rain, and it's sprouting my studio. That's why it's born from rain. My grandmother, bro, all that time, it's a severe drought. You're a 10-year-old girl not having fun, being taken into, like, the guerrilla. Your, Your life is a drought. Goes, and she has a baby. Learns how to knit something she's passionate about. That's the rain. Yeah, sprouts. This family born from rain. My grandfather has all these people that, dude. This is my dad's family. It's like eleven kids. How am I gonna feed them? Fuck. Severe drought. Picks up scissors and comb. Born from rain. Like it makes me feel so good, bro. It may. I know there's like I, a
0: huge resilience in your family, right? Like bro, everybody seems to have that common theme is that they take their lemons and they make lemonade. And they make with it. you have to, bro. You have to like. I still can't believe your parents have a masters like in business and economics, and they decided to leave this country, like living in this amazing life. You, know, you said they had like maids. bro.
1: It, they, my <laughs> sister had like sick ass Barbie house dolls, toys. Like she was, she loved it. She tells me, and she's like tennis court playing tennis, like tutors, kick, bro, tutors, tutors, a class for everything. Swim. She's a beast swimmer. Even though, like, I didn't really like have that. Especially because I was three, yeah. But I feel bad for her because she had it for yeah. a little, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, people are like, "Damn, she had it for." I'm like, "Dude, is he a you get that shit ripped off, bro?" My sister coming to this country had to be, dude. My parents don't speak English like that, bro. My sister's a G two, bro. I was, I was raised by like strong women. To mm-hmm. be honest, my dad's like fucking strong male. He like held it down, worked like 14 hours a day every day until he retired, or whatever. But my fucking girl, the girl side of my family, bro, they just are beasts. I give so much respect to my sister, bro. She raised me. She like, she like read every form to ever be needed in this country for my parents. Yeah. I, it's just, damn, man. Yeah, Resilience, it's, bro. It's,
0: it's definitely within your family. Because like, even when I hear the story, right, You have, people have to understand, like, How terrible was it to live in that country, to live a very comfortable life financially, to come over here, convert the pesos over into freaking American dollars to maybe survive a few months in the States having all this? I mean, that must have been a shock to your fucking parents too. Bro, imagine, imagine. Burbank, why Burbank? (laughs) Out of all the places, you know? (laughs) And they could go there, you know, they meet up this Fred. They're fucking gypping them, bro. It you was... know, they're storting them. They have to move somewhere else. And all of a sudden she finds this roll of money out of nowhere that saves them enough just until they find a new job. Bro. Fucking crazy, crazy dude. Man. Crazy, man. I, I can't imagine what it's like to do that. Because even now when I think about it, it's like, could I move to another country right now and they start up a life like that? I don't know. It's so rough, bro.
1: But the thing is going to another country, but we have English. Yeah. That makes it a little easier. Because a lot of
0: people know English. Yeah.
1: No English.
0: That's fucking insane. Out man, well,
1: man. here to speak Spanish, but like damn, not everyone speaks Spanish, especially in Burbank. I <laughs> know. Yeah,
0: I mean, you you took all your own risks because when I first met you, you were cutting at a small bar barber shop and you were going uh, through an apprenticeship at the time. Yeah,
1: man. I remember
0: when you were working there, you were talking about opening up your
1: own space, dude. And then you you fucking pulled the trigger. What it what it was, bro, was I was convinced that barbering was my passion, right? And thank COVID, even though it's like, fuck COVID, thank COVID, Yeah, I didn't have those three months of cutting hair. Um, which are back-to-back three months of being in bed. With yeah. So it's like, <laughs> fucked up. Anyway, those three months of not cutting hair, I drew that portrait of Sade. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That literally was the feeling I got from cutting hair tenfold. And I realized, like, I was like, oh, shit. I don't fucking love cutting hair. I love expressing my myself through someone's hair. I, like, look at hair artistically. And I realized, no, I'm trying to be an artist. And that's when I came back to the shop for, like, two weeks. And I was telling everyone, like, yeah, man, I'm going to get an art studio. And I yeah. was like, what the fuck? You're a barber. And I was like... Nah, I'm going to get an art studio, barber studio. (laughs) And they're like, what? It's COVID. You just came from seven months where you, out of seven and a half months, you only worked a month and a half. What the fuck? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. And by the way, I'm in a new city because of my clientele is too far away for me to drive because my ankle is fucked up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm going to pull the trigger on this expensive ass space. Yeah. But it fucking worked out, It worked out. Hey, a year. It's been a fucking year, man. It's been a year in the studio, bro memory's been made bro it's been evolving that's that's the best time my by fat. you've been cutting my hair for a year dude bro over a year over a year over now over a year and it's like damn man I remember and it, and it's like I remember like yesterday when Matt was like no pressure bro David's gonna hit you up I was like David, so <laughs> and I did it bad girl yeah. and then I did not want bad girl But bro I used to watch you guys' videos you guys were the kings of YouTube Yeah. you guys bro I love that shit man I was just like <laughs> it's kind of crazy how full circle
0: i mean like i always say too man like it's very interesting too with like your with your personality and how positive you stay right sure, and, I, and it has to be because of the, the backstory that you know about your family and where you came from and it's really hard to explain to people like trying to get them to understand like listen if you can count your blessings your life will be so much, so much easier better. but it's where we're in this world when you look at twitter we look at all this other stuff on here yeah it's it's so hard. It's like, how do I tell how do I tell like a younger generation, like, listen, you actually have it really good? You have your the biggest burden that you have right now is the burden of choice. You have too much choices. You have so much choices, you don't know, you what, don't the know what the to fuck to you do. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's stressing you out. That's which,
1: so interesting. Which is, that's well put, bro. Yeah, like, which, which is literally a, it.
0: To other people, your burden is everybody else's blessing. Blessing, bro. It's the dream. There are people who are who are born into trades. They're born as like chattel, as property. You have an ability to wake up and choose what you want to be. And you look at that like, oh my God, I don't know what to do, which is normal. However, there are people who would kill to be in your position. Jeez, yeah. I watched a documentary. I forgot, I think it was like in Uganda or in Africa, right? Okay. And it's it's these young women who are just put into prostitution. They're like in these huts, these desolate huts, there's flies everywhere, there's shit everywhere, just garbage. And these women since like the age of like twelve, they're prostitutes. This is what they're born into. And it's not to like scare people into doing things, but it's but perspective, points,
1: perspective yeah. bro. That's fucking sad, man. That's that's real.
0: Yeah. And they have that's like real. they have like venereal diseases and AIDS for since they were like, you know, before they even hit it become a teenager.
1: Where they should even fucking be thinking about that. Exactly. Man, that's and so then sad. It's, yeah.
0: it's, it's not to say that people like in first world countries like we live, like we don't have problems. But when you kind of wrap it around this whole thing of like, hey, the world that you live in is this small. Everywhere else, not… I mean, yeah, there are other countries who live as well as we do. But there are other parts that that don't. You got to… It really helps you hustle a little differently.
1: Ah, oh, man. Yeah, no, know. That, that was literally it. We have so many choices. And it literally is like clouding us. And… I mean, look at look at your look at your
0: your grandmother too, right? Like she had she had one choice, either stay
1: (laughs) and fucking kill military, yeah, or jump in a river. river She literally
0: had two
1: fucking choices. She and and the worst
0: part, she's ten, so she has to make a choice at ten. She's ten. I can't believe they put her in a fucking potato sack, dude, and she had to stay still. About it. In her a, like in fucking a helicopter. helicopter, fucking threw her out. It's like, hey, this is your only chance to live. I Best hope you luck. survive. Best of luck. Peace. Holy shit, dude. And she's just like
1: walking, starving, bro. Starving, bro. Eating like,
0: scraps with what? fucking dogs. My, my
1: motherfuckers out here getting hangry. Hangry. Dude, I, honestly, like, I, I get like hangry because, like, I have friends that get hangry. I hang yeah. I get so angry when motherfuckers get hangry, bro. I get low-key butthurt, bro. And no one really knows why. But like, dog, you're not starving. Motherfucker, you you ate
0: breakfast. When my parents first came to this country, like, we were, I was like, I think I was like two or three, like, around your age, right? So, um, yeah, my parents didn't have a lot. So my dad worked as like a mechanic. Uh, he worked at somebody else's beauty supply store, and my mom was cleaning hotels. My mom didn't speak any English, but that was the only job that she could take. And my, do- my dad also did janitorial services. So they had to work multiple jobs, right? And then after that um, – so my dad first – actually, to even rewind back further than that, my dad first came to the States going to Houston, Texas. So he lived there because my aunt was there first, and then she brought my brother my, – my his her brother, my dad, over. Okay. And then um, with a job – market started drying up or that they moved to Sacramento to start a new life.
1: What year is this around?
0: It was, it was when I was through. So this is 1990 around there. So they're doing their own thing, whatever, whatnot. Right. And then I didn't see my dad for the first, like two, three years of my life. He was there when I was born in the hospital. And then after that, he was in the States trying to build us a life in Texas. The move Let's to Sacramento, my brother comes, he's five. He doesn't speak any English. He had to take ESL classes. Uh, I was like two or three so I kind of learned how to speak English
1: early on before everybody else. You learned both at the same time.
0: Exactly. Same. And I remember my parents' store when I first, it was weird because I, I remembered it when I saw an old photo of, of of our store. It was my dad with one of his friends from Korea. And I, suddenly I remember I looked at my mom I was like, Oh, we used to have everything on cardboard boxes because we couldn't afford shelves. She goes, Oh, you remember that? And I'm like, yeah, it just hit me right it now. It just snaps. In yeah. I remember ball. all of our products were on the cardboard boxes that the supplies came in. And then we would just stack all the stuff on there. Would they like write the, the price? on? And the we card? write the prices on the cardboard boxes. And then later on, we, I remember when we first got our pricing gun and then, and you fucking uh, love oh, it. Hey, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. That's some shit, bro. That's a fucking little kid. Yeah, that's like some fun little kid shit. And yeah. then
0: we went, we, when we first came in here, we used to live uh, out in these uh, apartments in the projects. And then from there, we would live in a duplex in this area in Sacramento called Tem Woods. And that was like super fucking hood. There were like Samoan Bloods. living, there in trap houses all around us. And then from there, we moved into a rental house next to the house that we bought, which was next door from our family friend. And that took, you know, an X amount of time. So we became lower middle class by the time I was like 14. But before that, we were fucking dirt poor. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is like when you have parents who are just as resilient and they're very grateful, you don't realize how you poor don't you notice are. you <laughs> don't notice, bro. I thought I was
1: rich, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. We didn't know we were poor. Bro, I, thought- I knew I was poor when I went to college. Bro, when you start talking to people about, <laughs> about what they would eat, and you're like, I'm like, you eat man. different things every day? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, breakfast wasn't the same? Yeah. What? Dog, breakfast, lunch, and dinner was the same for me, dude. What the fuck are you talking bro, about? Bro, bro, did I tell you the, the number one struggle meal that I just think is so funny because I tell people and their reaction is great? My mom would get spaghetti. <laughs> and she said she found out by some guy at the store. She'd get a can of tuna. She'd put fucking ketchup and mayo in the tuna. <laughs> Mix that shit, put it on the spaghetti, and I loved it, <laughs> bro. There's
0: hella struggle meals like that, dude, all the fucking time. Oh, I love
1: that shit. I-, I might
0: make it tomorrow just for the fucking feels, bro. Dog, when, so there's a there's like um. I used to eat this shit all the time. This is back in the day before like seaweed was popular. Like seaweed was like shit that we would eat. So we couldn't have purified water because purified water, if you get a tank or so, it was hell expensive. expensive. So we would just get sink water and we would get roasted. It was this it roast. It's called poricha. So it's roasted barley. Okay. And you probably had it at Korean restaurants, poricha. but my mom would just make that tea because we couldn't have purified water. So she would just boil the water, boil with, the the water tea, with the tea. And we would just drink this non-caffeinated tea all the time, which I just assume was always water because that's, we didn't have. We couldn't get water bottles and shit like that. So we would have that, and then my grandma too. She would what? get the uh the mac and cheese, craft mac and cheese yes. boxes, and then it was that ghetto shit. And then she would just make ground beef and mix it together, and wow. that was my favorite. Boom. I fucking love that Boom. shit, dude.
1: You know, and those were those like <laughs> treats for us too. But it's really just like <laughs> those bro, are the treats. It's oh. broke people meals. Though. Bro, bro. <laughs> Bro, I'll never forget my grandma. So the one time that she visited the States, when well, we took her ass to Vegas because that's the like, shit that she would love. She just smoked cigarettes, played the gambling machines, whatever. She put me on to, and I only had it when she was there. She's like, oh, this is a delicacy. Tomato, sugar, mix it up yes yes bro yes
0: tomato and, and sugar, sugar. dog that's so weird why did they my mom used to do that she used to slice of fucking tomatoes and put sugar on it as a delicious.
1: snack mine was what like in fuck? a cup mine was in a cup Hilari- the korean version the colombian version <laughs> shake hands
0: <laughs> bro
1: Let's she go. would have it on a plate during the summertime
0: and would sprinkle sugar on that shit and we would eat that it was delicious yeah i fucking, <laughs> love, fucking that. love that shit How hey i unlocked
1: the memory for you i saw that like that like fucking yeah <laughs> the light bulb
0: get, that's fucking that's crazy so funny,
1: bro that's so funny snacks, baby. That hey let's funny. go can't get that shit no medjolin star bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny, the, the, the
0: tomato sugar fucking snack man i loved it but that's you know that's a point too it's like i always say shout out to my parents like no matter how much we struggled or whatever they always made us feel like we had more than we always needed absolutely so i always felt like oh this is all abundance you know, because what they had before that wasn't was much. Because my dad was broke as shit. My dad had an education because Korean missionaries came to Korea and they gave him an education. Oh, really, My mom was in the Shikod area, which was a farm town. So she was a farm town fucking girl. Okay. They didn't really have much either, you know. And yeah. so when they moved to the States… My mom was working as a factory worker for her best friend. Her be- so she became best friends with this lady who's very very wealthy. I can't say their name, but they're very like one of the richest people in Korea. But she- I didn't know that they were very wealthy, right? But my mom did. And I would call her halmoni. Halmoni means 할머니 grandma. grandma. She's not yeah. my grandmother though. I didn't know. Right? She's- Are you convinced? Yeah, she just she's just my mom's best friend. She actually uh passed away, rest in peace. Right, but I thought she was my grandmother, right? Um- and so I would call her harmony all the time. But she used to take care of me um, when my mom was working at the factory because she was one of her workers. But she would take care of me. And so my mom and her became really close friends because um, her best friend was from the same area or the town that my mom was from. And she was a very like harsh – but she married rich. To this guy who owned this huge factory. Okay. So, But she's a piece of shit like my mom. <laughs> you know? But that's how they would get along. Because my mom didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So they would just curse at each other all the As fucking lit. time. Sailors. And, <laughs> like fucking sailors. I but love it. But that's my what made too. them connect. Connect, for sure. Because she's like, oh, nobody else talks to me like this. Like nobody else. Everybody's too scared it's, of me because I'm the wife of this really rich guy. That's But great. my mom didn't give a fuck. So they became really, really good friends. So that's when my mom would is. work at the factory work, working on the line, she would take care of me.
1: That's so, good. so I would was she her, was she significantly older for you to think those are your hominy?
0: Uh, yeah, she's like maybe ten years older than my oh, mom. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and so, so she no. she would just always take care of me the whole time. Yeah. And then uh, this lady is so fucking funny. So because we grew up really poor, but they actually helped my parents out a lot when we moved to the states. They would send my mom money. Oh, did I didn't know this stuff? Right, we're kids. We don't yeah, know this no stuff. So knows. they would help us out whenever we couldn't like make rent or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I go to Korea when I'm uh. I think is this when I was fourteen. This is when I was fourteen. Okay, you're like I'm, chubby and fat, right? Was that
1: your first time?
0: This is my second time going to Korea. Um, I was eight before, and when I was fourteen, my this is how funny this lady is. She is the wife of somebody who's like one of the richest people in Korea, right? So we go to this area in Korea that's like this. It's like um medieval land, but it's but it's a historical place where they do. It looks like you know those Korean dramas where it's like an old village. Okay, so they shoot those stuff here. And so you get to see people make candy how they used to make it back in the olden days. This is a public park. So so my grandma looks at me, right? She goes, you're really fucking fat, right? And she goes, your tits are almost as big as mine. And she lifts up her shirt. No, no, no. Dog. No. I'm like, what Bear? the fuck? Bear? No, she had a bra oh, and okay, shit. But still, and my mom's dying laughing, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is with this lady, yo, dude? Oh, and that's your actual harmony and that's my fucking high money, dude. <laughs> and so, like, this is the this is the lady that that my mom like knew and grew up with, and it's kind of crazy. And like, that's pe- your your second time meeting her. That's my first time meeting her at that time. So I, I, she took care of me when I was two, one to two. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then I met her when, when I was uh, eight. And then again, when I was 14. And she was just roasting my ass, bro. Like calling me fat the whole time, but in a very loving way. In a loving way, way yeah. Because it's still funny. Like she still remembers me as this little kid because she took care of me when I was one or two. Yeah, a little bit. So peanut. to me, I'm her grandson. Yeah, of course. And like my mom said, like you were her favorite. And so like- I'm fucking like 14 years old and I'm eating at the dinner table and she would not let me feed myself. She would get the spoon and, and she'd be like,
1: feed you. And <laughs> you're just like all, like, all right, I guess. All
0: right. Which is so weird because like Bro. I, um, I mean, I only met her a couple of times. But something about that bond that I had when I was younger, when she passed away, I started bawling my oh eyes. My I don't God. know why. I don't know why, but it's because she took care of my mom. She took care of our family when we it's, when we really
1: needed dude, it. Dude, it's a part of your like being, bro. It's your extension, it's your blood, man. And dude, like, yeah, the, the, the love that you're saying that she would feed you, and she, you're just like, you almost <laughs> feel like a stranger, but you're doing all this kind shit yeah. to me. Like, it makes you feel like so close. Like when, when I met my grandma, dude, like I was just like smothering kisses, blah blah blah. Bro, oh my God! Like instantly, you know, like oh, this is my
0: grandma. This when did is- when did you meet your grandmother, bro? I was a
1: little ass kid. Dude. Yeah, it's I was so young, bro. This is how young I was. I was still not wiping my own ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in the bathroom of our like little ass. Like, bro, I probably met her. I must have been like five. Yeah, or four. Mm-hmm. Something because we we're still in that first spot and i remember bro i was a lit. this is this is so old holy shit i was in the bathroom finished taking my shit and i'm just like what am i gonna do no one's home but my grandma yeah not thinking like oh i could call my grandma yeah she wiped my mom's ass she wiped my ass you know like, yeah so i was just in the bathroom probably like 30 minutes bro wow before i was like Abuelita, <laughs> he's like, "What the fuck Where's this kid? Where would he go?" Yeah, Abuelita, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she came and wiped her ass. She came and wiped my ass. <laughs> That's so That's so funny. funny. I was so scared to ask because she was so foreign to me. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And damn. But the good thing is, I met. Um, how she, did she come twice or once? I know I met both of my grandmas on one trip. So it was like worlds collide. Yeah. Took their ass to Vegas. Oh, bro. There's this picture of us in like some hot tub in Vegas and it's so fucking lit. How old is she now? Oh, well, she passed away. Oh, she passed but away. She was, I think, I think she was probably 82 or 79. It was either one of those two ages. Wow, that, she lived such a crazy
0: fucking life, bro. man.
1: Dude, she was so funny, bro. She something was up with her fingers where she like her middle finger was like, I don't know if it was short or what, or she had like a long, like so yeah. she'd flip people off by going like this. And she had a long ass, <laughs> fuck you. She bro, like a sailor. Like a sailor, bro. She cussed like a sailor. And I think that's why I I have like kind of like a Part like a profound vocabulary but yeah bro it's just, one of the
0: dopest scenes is her just doing her makeup and
1: her hair Bro shit. saying chills man. If if you touch me you better kill me because I will kill you <laughs> how fucking nuts is that? And kept apparently she kept eye contact when he got up to hit her and just like grabbed the bottle she's like I'm gonna kill you I'll fucking kill, I'll you, fucking kill you I dare you to and touch me and she's I believe her that's the worst part I believe her bro she went through she, what she's been through she has nothing to lose.
0: That's like, crazy, man. Like you think I'll
1: let you touch me.
0: Like even hearing a snippet of before and hearing the whole story is insane to me, man. Bro, like I'm, I could picture everything in my fucking head.
1: Thank you, yeah, bro. I, I appreciate you inviting me to actually share this, bro. I mean, I just want people to
0: hear this stuff because I could tell my own personal story, and some people get it, right? And um, there's a lot of like Asian Americans kids who listen to this stuff, and they kind of hear their parents' stories. Yep, but. Like it's 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 hard for like I said, it's always gonna be hard for people to understand what it is unless you kind of really go through it. Go That's right, why like when I was a kid, we used to go on mission trip, missionary trips to other countries and stuff. Like we would go to Tijuana and you would see how other other people live. And it's like, damn, like this is some perspective, dude. Culture shock. It's like, like this, this is, is like so people everybody else's every day. And you get to walk around and you're complaining about what toys you don't have, what with this you don't have. And these are all blessings. You know, like even having even being able to like I was talking to uh, my fiance about this, right? And this is when it was like us getting to know each other a little bit better during pandemic. And when she was going through a hard time, it was hard for me, as she's cracking up she's outside. Cracking. Yeah, I was yeah, literally Cuba. <laughs> yeah. It was hard for me to hear her complain about stuff that she she was going through a lot of stuff at the time because pandemic kind of fucked with her a lot. Mm-hmm. And she would complain about these small things. And it was hard for me to hear it. It was, it was like nails on a chalkboard. Right? Because, yeah. And I was trying to tell her, like, give her her perspective. And then this is when we were, like, going through a lot of problems. We talked on the podcast. We were about to split during pandemic. And I told her one of the hardest things about it is the fact that I can't be with somebody who doesn't know how to be grateful for the things that they have. Because I didn't grow up like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't. Like, I told her, like, I remember when I was a kid. and Or even, like, when I first came to L.A. I, everything that I chose on a menu for FoodWise was based on what I could afford. You know, and now it's like, I could afford all this stuff. And you it's, still kind of, And I still choose portion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the option oh, is there. So and I'm like, oh, yeah. these are the small things that I'm grateful for that I can go to a restaurant and look at the menu and choose what I want to eat. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's why she, she knows even this. I was like, you never hear me complain about life. I might be irritated about small things, but I never complain about life. And I asked her, like, I was like, have you ever heard me complain about my life? She goes, No, you haven't. I was like, because I have nothing to complain about. I was dirt poor. We grew up in the projects, we lived in a duplex, and from that we became lower middle class when I was like 14 years old. This is everything else in my life is a bonus. Yes. Perspective is fucking everything. And it's hard to be around people who don't see have that same perspective because it 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 infuriates you. It makes you mad. You know?
1: Like I said, bro, hangry people. I try not i i get it it's kind of you're mm-hmm. hungry but man that shit pisses me off sometimes bro because like my grandma was yeah. <laughs> the air. yeah yeah no man perspective bro and that's a good way to put it man like i yeah for real yeah man
0: real. well hey thanks for coming through the pod man i hope everybody Appreciate loved that you, fucking bro. story uh tell everybody where they can find you man yeah, and get, so- get faded
1: up you could find me on Instagram at BFR Sergio. That's my personal. That's where I'm going to be doing a lot of my projects. I have a, a shirt that I'm going to be putting out pretty soon. That's going to fund a project that's near and dear to my heart in Colombia this December. Pueblo where my grandma's from, I told you. So just be um, keeping up with that for updates. And then barber wise, right now I'm I'm pretty busy. So I'm not taking that many people. Um it's kind of like an invitation only, but all of your fans that I've <laughs> taken in have been fucking dope. Yeah. So if you guys want a haircut um at BFR Studios, that's my business page, my portfolio page. You could see the haircuts there, see what I could do. I know how to cut Asian hair very well as well. Yes, as he does. Anyone which is very else's hard. Hair, <laughs> very, is very hard to find. Diverse, uh, I, I try to be diverse in it. Um, but yeah, DM me. If you really want a haircut, we can probably work something out. But appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Always Like another haircut without <laughs> the hair getting cut. <laughs> no, dude, appreciate it. Well, yes, you guys sir. can
0: catch Genius Train on every Thursdays and Sundays. Follow Sergio. If he has openings, I'm telling you, some of the best cuts you'll ever have in your life. Great conversation. Just a good person, which appreciate is why it. I always plug his stuff. When he started going to the new studio, I started plugging his shit because I Bless wanted him to be
1: boy. sexful. And Thank look, you, it's brother. happening, man. Thank you, brother. It's killing it. Really, for real. Cool. We'll see y'all next time. My G. Peace.